There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. For more Nerdy Show podcasts, community forums, and learn how you can support this and other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com. This is Sam Witwer, and you are listening to Nerdy Show. Welcome to Nerdy Show, a weekly podcast dedicated to every facet of nerddom, from comics and video games to science and technology. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. Hi, I'm Cap. Hey, I'm Brandon. Hi, I'm Colin. Hi, I'm Matt. And hey, this, these podcasts, they're not so weekly, because we're getting four podcasts in one week. This is part of our daily podcast series covering all the days of E3. Yesterday was day zero, where we covered the media conferences. Today <clears throat> was the first day on the floor of E3, and also the day of Nintendo's uh, direct presentation. And they killed it. By some accounts, they may have killed themselves. But <laughs> <laughs> it's up to interpretation what killed it means at this point. That, that's, that's personally not something I, I agree with. I, I think it was you know a decent showing of first-party material, but it raised some interesting questions, and they might have some interesting answers. But the, the what's some, something that's, I think, become very clear this year especially is that... Uh, um, after last year, when Nintendo stopped doing formal press conferences and started doing Nintendo Direct presentations streaming on the regular, the their media conference doesn't mean the same thing it did. They'll announce a lot of big stuff for E3, but they announce so much stuff regularly throughout the year directly to the people. They don't care about uh, presenting things for the press, really. They just want to put on... And you know, I, good, I, good for them. Yeah. Good for they're, them. They're doing their own thing. I think they've, they've recognized that... They are not playing in the same arena as Microsoft and Sony, and so they're trying, maybe desperately, depending on how you view it, to do something different. Right, and and you know, and that was evidenced by some of the stuff they had. They had Robot Chicken open up the sh- open up the yeah Robot oh, Chicken. Man, did the, some okay, stuff the fight show. scene at the beginning was amazing. Yeah, there was a there was a, a fight scene, live action fight scene between Reggie Flees and me and uh, Iwata. Yeah, Be- best, that was fun. Best thing of the, of the that that was that was that was really cool. And and plus it was it was uh, a very clear like they know they're very self aware in that there was a. Uh, a reviewer in the front row who was like, "Where's Mother Three? Yeah, no. And Reggie killed him, and you're like, yeah. "Really? Oh, that's your fucking response? Where, where's Star Fox? And they killed him too. As, a, as an Earthbound I, uh, fan, I took uh, issue with that Mother Three thing. It's like, okay, so no, we're we're really passionate fans devoted to a series that's really great story storytelling, and we respect Nintendo for it. So when we ask you why you haven't imported a game over here that we think would be, you know, really important to the gaming community, you set us on fire and portray us as a fat bastard in a in a. Uh, I, I really resented that. Honestly. I thought that it was I, just. A, I it, think that they were just 
After, poking after everything that the Earthbound community has gone through, that seemed extremely disrespectful. You know, Robot, and I don't the, think I'm being okay. The, right, the writers at Robot Chicken might have actually done it themselves. I, and, but, I, am I, but on the other hand, I'm also glad, despite how negative I feel it may have been, they're aware that, of it. that there was like that Mother Three actually got a name drop in a world where Ness still hasn't been announced for Smash Brothers. Now I think he's got to be in it, but you know, I just I just want a constant flow of Earthbound from Nintendo. Um, you can and play your me now, though, in Smash Brothers. Yeah, that's what I want. I want Blow Jobula in Smash Brothers. <laughs> yeah, that, for, that, for, that, for context, Blow Jobula is a me whose face looks like a penis with hairy balls. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> best thing I've ever, we've ever seen on a me. That is actually what I'm really excited about. Is that the me's themselves, and that was actually why they were showing off Awada and Reggie feels me uh, like fighting each other was that they you can now fight with me's in Smash Brothers, but I'm not necessarily exciting, excited about um, fighting with my Colin me. I'm excited about fighting with my Blowjobulas or my Abraham Lincolns or, or my... the, all the Kim, Kim Jong-uns out there in the it, world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. On time.com, earlier this morning, they leaked a Star Fox announcement. They said it's been confirmed, and then we watch the conference, and they say nothing. And, like, Miyamoto's playing Star Fox, and it's like, oh, we have nothing new. And then it ends, and you're like, what the fuck? I know those Star Fox. Yeah. And then later on in the day, we heard, I guess, they confirmed it. Yeah, they, they did confirm it. Apparently, um, there was a very exclusive press event yesterday or something um, behind closed doors. And um, the reason they didn't show off Star Fox more is because it's in an early development stage. And it, um, it it's apparently done in such a way so that they couldn't showcase it on the E3 floor because it takes some getting used to. It involves um, managing two screens, like really using the um, the Wii U controller in a, in a different way, like managing basically, I think what they're saying is, uh, the perspective of the R wing and the panels of the you know of the, of the map and stuff going between the two, uh, flying with uh, motion controls on the controller, and it sounds actually kind of complicated. And uh, Miyamoto said, uh, "Yeah, it is complicated. It actually takes maybe thirty minutes of getting used to. Once you get it, it's amazing, and I stand behind it." And but... did they say it's not like a full game? They're releasing it in series. Uh, he discussed that. He didn't say much about it, but he said that. Whereas, if you look at the previous Star Fox game games as though they were movies, this one will be more like a TV series where you uh, like get new episodes and sort of constantly expanding and continuing. But why? I like the other games. They were good. They worked for me. I just want a full Star Fox game. Uh, this one might be reimagined from the ground up. It might not even be the same continuity. I guess. And um, so they, they announced a new thing. What, Amoebas? Y- yeah. Amoebas uh, for uh, your uh, I don't know why they're called Amiibos. I mean, like, at least uh, at, at least Wii and Wii U, they had some kind of an explanation for it. They didn't even try this time. Uh, they're basically the Skylanders or Disney Infinity figurines. If you noticed on the Wii remote, uh, Wii U remote thing, thing, there's this little, like, <laughs> there's this little rectangle underneath the D-pad on the uh, left-hand side. I've, I've wondered what it was, and it's actually some kind of a reader for... Uh, these like Disney Infinity Skylanders like things. The Nintendo version is called the Amiibo, and they looked gorgeous when we saw they, the prototypes. They were in a display case. These these prototypes. Um, the first thing that's going to be used with them, I, I, maybe maybe the first thing. I don't know. It's gonna. They're gonna start coming out this year. Uh, Smash Brothers. First and foremost, you're gonna be able to like tag characters in and out using these Amiibos. And you were talking about like if you ever wanted gorgeous Nintendo figurines, regardless of whether or not you even use them to play your games. 
Holy shit. Well, now, okay, it said prototypes and they're subject to change. So of they course, may have just made super good ones just for the display at E3. We don't but, like, but, um, but if they stay at that quality, I would buy them just to have them. Mario's holding a fireball, and the fireball is transparent, but Mario's opaque. There's lots of amazing texturing. The level of detail is incredible. Lots of the, the, the prototypes had... Um, a balance between like like Star Fox, he's matte. Most of him is like like matte finish on the paints, um, except for like the the equipment on his belt, which has metallic paint. Samus is done entirely in in metallic paint with her armor. Uh, it's extremely cool. And they say it works with Mario Kart Eight. So if you have been playing Mario Kart Eight and you're like, I want a new feature, well, they just added a new feature without you even knowing. And also, the really interesting thing about it is that you know you, now you have this physical thing that can transfer between multiple games because they talked about how. Not only are you communicating to the Wii U, the Wii U is also communicating to the figure. Oh, it has like a storage drive in the figure, right? So like the stats that you're creating or saving or whatever we they don't need. know, we don't know like the full extent of what can be saved onto the figurines. But in theory, if you're using that Mario on your Smash Brothers and it's learning techniques or whatever the hell it's doing, then you're using it on Mario Kart. Maybe something will and, and Mario Party. Yeah, there might be some kind of interconnectivity, or something might be special because you own those other games. Yeah. Who knows? So, what did I see that I actually cared about? Well, Yoshi's Woolly World. That looked, looked cool. Amazing. It looked really awesome. I, I, beautiful. I want to play it. Yoshi looks great. I'm a huge fan of Yoshi. Co- Kirby's Epic Yarn was a great game. Uh, I stand behind that game wholeheartedly. That it was a. It was not. A challenging game. Well, this is like a step up, but it wasn't. It wasn't intended to be a challenging game. It was a game to uh, relax. Yeah, kind of, kind of just chill out and experience. Yeah, and, and that's and I feel like that's what Yoshi's Woolly World is going to turn out to be. Yeah, it looks per- perhaps more challenging, has more replay value, likely based on like the level of secrets that they were showcasing. Yeah. And um, and obviously it's in HD. Yeah. So it, it there's a three dimensionality to this that they could not do in um, Kirby's Epic Yarn. Um, and But it's also, you can do two-player co-op, and you can eat your partner and, you know, throw, that, yeah, that's, throw that's, him that's up my, into that's a... That's the thing and, I hate most about uh, <laughs> Nintendo games. Every time I play multiplayer, I keep accidentally grabbing someone and throwing them off the stage, and then I fuck myself. So now it's like you can accidentally eat them. I'm going to be doing it constantly. Like, no, I didn't mean to do that, damn it. You're going to eat somebody and then fuck yourself? Yes. <laughs> nice. See, that's usually a good weekend for me. Is to eat someone and then fuck myself. Well, if, if you're playing New Super Mario <laughs> Brothers and you're playing four players, it's going to be chaotic. If you're playing two players, it might be cooperative. And right. I think that that's, that's what Yoshi's Woolly World offers. <laughs> yeah. uh, nothing about the, the Amiibo technology. They mentioned that they will be bringing Skylanders and uh, Disney Infinity to the Wii U, and they will also be using the same thing. They've built this in from the beginning. I'm kind of befuddled by how this existed and no one mentioned anything about it. That, Maybe I just I, wasn't paying attention. I'm really impressed. Um, about that the most is that how secretive it was. They kept it for this long. Yeah, that's that true. That nobody knew about it. I mean, obviously some people did. Right. But, you know. And then uh, one of the other games that uh, they mentioned was Splatoon. Yeah. Uh, which is, which is a weird IP. thing and I, I don't know how to feel about it, but it looks really fun. We're going to try to play it maybe tomorrow or Thursday, but it looked like a really interesting uh, kind of just multiplayer madness where you you basically each team has a different color paint and you are battling for supremacy of paint you, you all paint, over you yeah, you're paint painting anything. the entire the, all of the surfaces over the uh, in in the arena and you're trying to have the most paint 
uh, yeah. in the arena. And you can but, you move faster in your but, surfaces, slower in theirs, and turn into squids. Yeah, but you, it's also a mode of conveyance because you're a person and you're also some kind of a squid person. So you can <laughs> swim in your color and it just you can jet through the level and do all these kind of abilities based on how much you've actually coded. It se- just seemed like a really fun, simple multiplayer. Yeah. I will say, I, it, it, to me, it, it looked like a... A fun Xbox Live arcade game. Sure. Yeah. Not necessarily a full. Mac- and but, and but it might it might be a download only game. I don't know. Yeah, there were. Like, they didn't say what or how you. I would mean, get there weren't it. too many details. I will say like if if you know, it it, it becomes different. Bucks, like, okay. if, there, if there's like create you know level creators, that's a different story. You know, then it becomes a much more fleshed out game. But as it stands out, it looks like a fun game that I wouldn't pay more than like. Ten dollars or fifteen ninety nine at that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Nintendo's been creating actually a lot of great download exclusive games like NES Remix, so it's entirely possible. We'll have to find out. Um, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker, like if you like the stuff from um, you know New Super Mario World. If you like, like a Mario game, you always wanted to play as a Toad. Well, it's, it's different it's, as a mushroom person. Uh, Treasure Tracker is kind of like an action puzzle game almost, like yeah. in that you like like working around the three dimensional environment. Uh, with the Toad's limited move set and like being weak against enemies is part of the the objective. Like it's an, it's an interesting. I just like that. Like your character's worthless. Figure out how to solve this stage. <laughs> You're not Mario. Get through the stage. Go. I mean that, that is what it's about. That's kind of neat. Like the the um they they only had a you know a handful of them in in Mario uh, 3D World, but when you got to the final one, it was actually quite challenging. And so this is a whole game of it. I think that I think I think there's a. I think that was a good call. I really do. So what else did they announce but not show anything of? Uh, Zelda? Yeah, Zelda. Um, they showed that it's for the first time ever open world. Yeah, that uh, they... they um, <laughs> Which is impressive. They've but... given the Zelda franchise, uh, as by all indications, a Skyrim-style scope. Um, as far as we know. As, uh, yeah, and I think... I mean, that's, that's good. We were actually talking uh, earlier in the day about how... The thing that Zelda is lacking is a sense of uh, of scope. It feels extremely isolated, and for better or for worse, and this is something new. And they did show a scene, but it's obviously pre-rendered and not really how the game's going to be played. It's, but it looked good it, anyway. It, it's a direction that the 3D Zeldas, I think, severely needed. Like, I think it needs a sense as of... As soon as you of, make a game 3D, it has, like, it, you, you people expect that openness. Like, Ocarina of Time, to me, was an open-world game, because I never played anything bigger since then. Mm-hmm. But then they kept it that size. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. And it's just like, no, guys, it's time to make something bigger than Skyrim. Well, you were, essentially, you were, you were saving a world that was probably populated by monsters, like, 1,000 to 1. You like, know, the 30, there's of, 30 people. Of, you know, humans. There's or, literally, or elves, yeah. or, yeah. There's like, Hyrule has ten citizens. <laughs> um, half of them, you know, are in minigames. Yeah, well, we'll see. If, <laughs> running we'll, shops. I mean, we'll see if they deliver. It, it looked beautiful. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. It was gorgeous. Yeah, yeah as, as usual, like, the theme of, of the Wii games are that everything Nintendo makes <clears throat> looks really fucking pretty. Yeah. Well, yeah. on the flip side of that, Hyrule Warriors, I think, looks amazing. And I know if you're a big fan of Dynasty Warriors, obviously it's the same thing. Exactly the same, but with, you know, in the setting of Hyrule. And the reason that's amazing is because you've never, ever, ever seen massive armies in a Zelda series. And that's what it's missing. You know, if you have an open world or, like, a huge area where, you're like, you're saving the world from Ganon... What, with the two monsters he's got in his tower guarding him at the end? No, you want to right. see hordes and hordes of goblins and monsters. And um, Hyrule Warriors, which I think is a working title, is exactly... I, I believe that it's confirmed, confirmed title now, yeah. It's, it's exactly what I actually... I would like that combined with the new Zelda game. I yeah. want to see an army of like a thousand goblins you're fighting. 
Yeah, you know, that, that's what I want. No, it it looked pretty cool. It definitely looked pretty cool. Like if you're storming, you know, a castle and they've got you know like four enemies inside, it's like yeah, wow, that's not. It's really a challenge. So, so uh, a couple interesting quotes that happened during the show. Uh, Reggie looks at the screen and he says, uh, "Never has has there been a better time to play games on Nintendo." And uh, shortly followed by, "There's nothing wrong with having a little fun." And I think those are you know very transparently the the message that Nintendo's trying to get across. They there was it was all first party during right. during this thing. There was there was really well, there was Xenoblade. Yeah, you, okay, you're right. There, there, were, there were some partnerships. There, it was all. I mean, it was all very, very exclusive. These games. There was a, the new, the new Xeno. Because they don't have many third parties anymore. The new Bayonetta game, which of course is Nintendo. Nintendo's invested in them or some kind of thing now. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's it's, it's a Sega made game, but I guess Nintendo. It's exclusive on Nintendo now. Well, it, it, it's yeah. basically the. I guess they would refer to it as a second party. You know, it's a lot of you know exclusive development for for the Wii U. Yeah, and I was actually um, we were walking to E3 from the parking lot. Spill, you brought up a really interesting point about Nintendo about how, how they're they are now feeling about their own console. Yeah, is that they they want to be the second console in your home. They're not trying to win over over Sony or Microsoft like. They they realize at this point that that their games aren't replacements for those. They they are complements at this point. And uh, my concern for Nintendo is that unlike the Wii, the Wii U is it's at a price point that is more competitive with with the PlayStation and Xbox. That not many people will be buying both. They might be choosing one or the other. Other, and I find that if I, I think there would be very few people that would argue that I if to choose one of those three that you know how many people are going to choose a Nintendo, I would tend to think there'd be a lot more that choose Sony and Microsoft as opposed to when they used to say, well, I'll get one and then I'll buy my you know two hundred hundred fifty dollar Wii and get Smash Brothers. Well, I used to like, do that. I used like whenever Nintendo system comes out, I'm getting that obviously, and then it you know Sony puts out something, I'll get it. Now it's like I'm choosing one, and obviously I'm going with the one I like the most. And and I attested like the Wii U. It has everything I want in a video game system because Nintendo is producing really fun games. But that I mean that's what's right for me right now. It's not a media center. Uh, I mean it was I, I I can watch YouTube on it and better than any other system. Uh, the Netflix has some fun features, but whatever. Well, that's that's a discussion for another day. I like the Wii U an awful lot. Uh, but I guess it depends on how much money people have these days. Because I think it should be the second system in their home, because these games are stellar. Well, I mean, if you're rich, by all means, like, get all three. You should own all gonna, three if you're rich. You're gonna, if, you, if you have a, a Wii, at this point, there was, you know, there was a time where there were no games. But if you have a Wii U, there's a lot of reasons to be playing games on it right now. And there's only going to be more. Um, and this, while this showing was a little bit, like, left, it was, it was extremely Smash Brothers heavy. They banked entirely on Smash Brothers, which is cool. They had an invitational today. At the uh, Nokia Center, it looked really well attended, um, and uh, I, if it was an annual event, that would be really cool. Um, and Smash Bros. is a selling point, and it's, we get Smash Bros. and Mario Kart, two fiercely competitive games everybody loves. Maybe this will be a turning point for them, I don't I, know. I, I would say right now, both of those series, in, in the, their own odd way, are the best fighter and racer available right now, as far as series are concerned. like I know they're hard to compare to other fighters and other racers, but... I think for a fun factor, it's hard oh, to Mar- argue. Mario Kart's the most fun racing. Yeah, it's, 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 hard, it's hard to argue otherwise. Those two are definitely, you know, probably the, the system seller series. I mean, if you give me Gran Turismo or Mario think, Kart, I'm going to choose Mario Kart. I think a- action-adventure-wise, I think Zelda has fallen off the map of being the, you know, the high, you know, the high mark of, yeah. of that genre. But, like, those, 
those two, the, the Carton Smash Brothers series, they're still A1. They're, but with Zelda, they're broadening the scope, and they're probably going to you know keep the classic like puzzle-solving elements, which is something that's always been absent in games like Skyrim. So we could see something. We could see the rebirth of Zelda. It could happen. But I suppose that the matter, what matters is if people are playing or not. Yeah. We haven't had any hands-on with Nintendo stuff yet. We hope to in the coming days. But uh, that, was, that was the morning of, of announcements. Uh, let's move on to the stuff we did see. We're going to have a number of videos uh, coming up. Uh, as as we go throughout the week of some of these things, but um, but we'll we'll share our hands on experiences with them. Uh, one thing we saw that we didn't do a video of, we 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 just slipped in on a whim. Sid Meier's um, Civilization Beyond Earth. Yeah, yeah, it's a new civilization game in outer space. Uh, it's like Starcraft, but with politics, and like it's not all like fast paced battle. And with some jack- well, you're like, oh fuck, ah, oh, Zerk Rush, oh, I don't know what the hell to do anymore. Yeah. Fuck my life. Yeah. Yeah, which is every which is every um, StarCraft game and, yes. and level for me. Yeah, and I, I love StarCraft, but uh, man, uh, I can't I can't keep up with these with kids these days. <laughs> no, the the the, um, the strategy involved in this game and the just the the different technologies you could choose to build is you know it's what you'd expect in a civilization game, except it's you know in space and it's it's similar. It's basically I like to call it the evolution of Alpha Centauri, which I thought was really good. But this looks so much better, so much more in depth. Yeah, I mean, they, they had uh, aspects of purity, harmony, and uh, supremacy. supremacy. And, and of he... those three factions, like, that was how you determined between who was co- uh, coexisting with the planet, who decided that they need to completely eradicate the planet's uh, wildlife, and then uh, put our like own life in, yeah, and, it, or... It, genetically um, modify it. Yeah, it's not, it's, it's not just about terraforming, it's about, like, adapting to human civilization moving to other planets in a, in a more political way, which I thought was interesting. Something you, you barely see covered in sci-fi to begin with. Yeah, no, it looked really interesting. It looked like, you know, classic Sid Meier civilization. I definitely want to buy it, because I, I've been a fan of, um... Civilization, especially since they went to space. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I want more of that. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. It looks really cool. It looks really cool. This but fall. This fall actually comes out this year, so yeah. you'll get to play it soon. Check it out. We spent some time with Disney Interactive. We saw the um, Marvel edition of Disney Infinity, and uh, also uh, someone other than me finally got hands on with Fantasia. Um, we we got <laughs> videos for both those things coming out, but I guess we'll share our uh, our first you know feelings about it. Um, well, do you, let's talk about Disney Infinity. Yeah. Um, I, it's, it's, you know, like Skylanders and uh, the Amiibos, it's little figurines that, that let you co- sort of play in this virtual sandbox of uh, pop culture figurines interacting with each other. Now you can create situations where, uh, you know, Black Widow can go party with, um, I don't know what Disney princesses are in, uh, you know, but, uh, but you know, like, I, I, a dr- drunk Tony Stark stumbles in on Cinderella. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I didn't even think of that. Oh man, throws think... up in her glass slipper. So does that mean that like uh, Princess Elsa from Frozen and she's like, in it and like could have like a relationship with Iceman later down the line? I don't think there's relationships in the game. I, I think I nice. think I think we're thinking with adult mindsets. <laughs> but they, they had a as tiny, wonderful um, as that would be. They did have a tiny Nick Fury, you know, Samuel Jackson version, which I thought was awesome. I got hands-on with the game, and I played as Spider-Man, which was really, really easy to play, and I beat up Venom, but then 
Basically, I got into a hover car, or I got into a car, and it transformed uh, into a hover car. Yeah, a shield hover car, not necessarily Lola. And the but... guy was trying to tell me, you know, you can you can use webs to go around the city, and I was like, I've got a flying fucking car, Spider-Man is driving around town in a flying car. So I'm doing missions and, like, flying in this car around town as Spider-Man. It was really it, cool, it, actually. It, it seems like a lot of fun. If I was a little kid, I would be all over this, and we, yeah, we did ask about Star Wars. Yeah, you could see the glint in their eyes. It's motherfucking happening. Star Wars is coming to Disney Infinity in a couple years. They didn't say that. He said, I can't say anything about that. But I'm, I'm telling you. And you know what was funny? When I asked him about Willow, because of course I asked him about whether or not... That was uh, awesome. Whether Willow. or not George Lucas's Willow is gonna is gonna make his... He actually kind of like... It was, it was weird. He didn't... His reaction... It wasn't like a Willow. What the fuck are you talking about? He was like... He was like no, I can't comment about Willow. Like it was like he, it was like I was like maybe there's something to comment on. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. Or I want to see Mad Mardigan beat up Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> How would that even? Well, they, they'd like each other. Mad Mardigan's a Peter Quill type. Yeah. Um, oh, but you can um, you can do another thing that was cool, which you can create your own world now. You can create your own areas. You can create your own like houses and interiors and buildings. And you upload them to the server, and if and if and I asked him, I was like, "What if I have a bunch of buildings that look like dicks?" He's like, "Well, that won't get approved." So if once we approve it, you know, no dick buildings. Um, <laughs> and he, and he said, he literally said that, no dick buildings. Um, anyone can go into your worlds and see what you've done. So like, you're gonna have like thousands or, or millions, I don't know, worlds uploaded to the to the. That they were actually talking about how there was a, a, a father son team that was pr- creating worlds for um, for Disney Infinity. They were so good, they hired them. Wow, that's cool. Uh, and, also, they, and they don't even live anywhere near like Disney. They, they, they moved they, for the job. Wow, I, so that's I, be, cool. I believe unless I unless I heard it. Wrong. I think they paid for them. Um, to move. That's how good they were. That's uh, awesome. Gravity Falls fans, you can add the Mystery Shack into your playsets now. <laughs> Just the shack, though. Nothing Just else. the shack. Dipper Mabel, not that I saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Darkwing Duck accessories for us old school people. Oh, that was cool. Wait, was Darkwing Duck actually in it? I didn't see Darkwing Duck, but I did see the Rat Catcher and his gas gun. So. How the fuck are you not going to put Darkwing Duck in it then, but have that? I would assume he must be in it, but I didn't see him. All right. Uh, anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, what'd you, uh, you, you guys probably heard me talk about Fantasia last year. What did you guys think about Fantasia? It was fun. It was a workout. Um, you know, I saw you guys were having some trouble, and I had some trouble at the beginning. Colin I, and I were playing two players. I would say Brandon, as far as like getting a hold of rhythm, Brandon really picked up on it the second half of the song. Like I don't think you weren't struggling. And, I, and I don't think I've ever heard that Peter, Peter Gabriel song that's 20 minutes long before. It was in your eyes, and you've totally heard it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they don't have Daft Punk. I was upset because they said there's no Daft Punk in the game. So right, guys are like, but the drawing. yeah, but that's for now, and, and yeah, it's and it's it's first of all, it's harmonics and it's Disney, so they have a ton of catalogs to pull from. You know what? Honestly, the way that it felt like it felt like it was the fun of rock band without it necessarily being you know me playing an instrument. It had like that aspect of having a party, that aspect of um, being uh, me- with music and and stay- and and watching and paying attention to that to the rhythm aspect of rock band um although it was presented a completely different way um but it was a really interesting and fun experience to be able to do the nutcracker with cap um you just had to choose that many nuts were cracked from from my passive observations of a bunch of like you guys playing plus a couple other people the developers obviously and also like just other demoers i saw on the internet those that kind of naturally let themselves bob and get into the rhythm of the music as well as the visuals on screen 
were doing much better than those that were just paying attention to visual. Which yeah, because you saw me be, getting into it. Which I, I find to be completely different than most like rhythm games where it's like I it's like the music tunes out and it's just like fucking focus on the lights coming in and the <laughs> colors and everything else and like you kind of forget that you are you know trying to actually mimic the rhythm of something. This seems to be much more natural and yeah. And, when I when I know, stopped cool. when I stopped looking at the screen like when the triangles line up and I'm just like going with the beat and just doing it, it mm-hmm. worked a lot better actually. Yeah. Well, two player was challenging. Two player was definitely more difficult than single player. There was a learning curve there. Well, it's also a matter of it's also a matter of, you know, there's there was some of like the connect the connect was kind of being connecty, you know, doing, it's like stand back, sir. Yeah, the, don't, don't go this it. or don't you know whatever. So, I mean, there that there's that aspect of it, but also at the same time it was just it was super fun to like just kind of swipe your hands all over the place and kind of go nuts and everybody was laughing as we were flailing. It looked like we were, you know, just we were having some sort of like an ep- some sort of physical psychotic episode <laughs> because we were just flailing all over the place. There were bees, Colin. There, there were, were lots bees. Of them. There oh were my god, that's exactly what it looked like. Yeah. So <laughs> bees. Yeah. No, but it's going to be super fun. Have they announced when it's going to come out? October. October. Yeah, that's super fun. Yeah. Uh, it's a reason to buy the connects. Yeah, but they, I mean, like, there's very, there's actually very few reasons games for Xbox that are truly defined by the hardware more so than the ones that play with Connect and do it well. Well, it's a, it's a question of you know, there's the Xbox One and whether you should purchase that. And yeah, sure, you should purchase the Xbox One if you're interested in the games that are coming out for the Xbox One. But to decide whether or not you also want to purchase the Connect, because now they are no longer forcing you to purchase the Connect and the Xbox mm-hmm. One. Oh man, it's this just is, like that other system. This that is that. this is one of the reasons why you might want to consider purchasing the Connect. Yeah, as the, well. the other reason, jumping ahead in time a little bit to sure. our, in our journey, but contextually, we played Shape Up. The uh, the fitness game for video gamers. Yeah. So when you're watching the when you're watching the press conference for Xbox and you saw that crazy uh, that crazy insanity game that was uh, all that was push fitness. ups with with cartoon garbage stacked on your back. Yeah, that was yeah that was the game that we played. <laughs> How was it? I, I didn't see you guys do that. I was doing something else. It was very effective. We have a video interview with um, with Nicola, the guy who did it, and it turns out, when, you might have heard us, I think we mentioned it in yesterday's podcast, that it reminded us of Your Shape Fitness Evolved, the probably best showcase of what the original Connect was capable of, technically speaking, as far as uh, body mapping and knowing where the bone structure of a human was and things like that. Well, it's the same guy. It's the yeah. exact same well, guy. the same team, the same development. So this team. is like yeah. the the next. This is like the sequel, the next step up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, basically. A, a pair, they don't they don't necessarily want to spread the word. I guess Your Shape Fitness Evolved didn't do so well in the marketplace, but this is the successor to that technology. And as we saw, whether or not people bought it, it was worthy. It was extremely powerful technology. I'm kind of sore from Fantasia. I was like sweating. That was a workout. This was a significant workout, and and it's um and you know I I was questioning. Uh, uh, I was questioning Nicola and I asked him about it. Basically, what they're doing is they not only do they have these these small little mini games in case you wanted to just jump in and play around a little bit and have have fun with your fitness. Um, there's also these uh, things called quests where you go on 15 minute long um, quests where they are using different muscle groups and cardio and all that kind of different stuff in order to have an actual workout. Yeah, it isn't just physical novelty games that are more taxing than average. It is actually, despite, like, we we were demoed some just a couple games here and there, but it is actually designed to be a workout. They suggest doing it at least 
three 15 minute sessions a week, just right. bare minimum. Which you could do more if you wanted and, to. And they've tracked weight loss and it has succeeded. Yeah. Man, working out, they sold me on that game. Yeah, no, it was super fun. I mean, it gamified It gamified working out. I mean, like, there was this one where it was six, uh, just working on your core, where you had to sit down and lean back, but also kind of be uh, in that but you're, V position. You're actually leaning back right now, so you should probably lean forward. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was in that, that V position um, in order to... Uh, uh, fight off these alien monsters that were on the screen. Yeah, so you're leaning back, your hands are forward, and your hands are basically effectively like a cannon for a laser beam. Yeah, and And you're activating your core in order to make that happen. Core activating. And the game is like, lean further back, lean further back, if you're not doing it quite far enough. So Does it go, lean back? Yeah, it (laughs) does. It it doesn't say it, but it... um, and, And also, all the games get harder the better you do. Yeah. Do you get harder the better you do? Rock hard. All right, because some people get off that way to yeah. work out. Well, shape up, yeah, but shape up is shaping up to be a good game. Yeah. Oh, I see what you did there. Zing. Um, while we're while we're talking about Microsoft, Brandon, you had your own adventure in the Microsoft booth today. Oh man. Um. So while they were doing that, you found your calling. At the same time, I found um I found my way to the little Fable Legends booth, and I was like, oh, I played the first Fable game, it was good, and then you know they played the second and third Fable games, not so great. Maybe never want to play a Fable game again. But then I played this, and I waited in line to be one of the, the heroes. And by the way, I found out there's two other characters you didn't know about, uh-huh. <clears throat> unless you were there, or they announced them already. Three. One's called Leech, who's a, like a doctor-looking guy with a plague mask who literally uses jars of leeches. <laughs> or, or sucks enemies' life force and gives it to the team, because healing is kind of difficult in that <laughs> Because game. Fable's like Gauntlet Legends now. Yeah, even though they said, that's just a coincidence. And then there's another guy named Shroud who turns invisible and uses a bow. He looked really cool, and I was like, I want to be Shroud. So when I got up in line, there's four heroes, and one person plays the villain. They're like, we need someone to play the villain, we need someone to play the villain. And everyone's like, uh, and I was like, oh god damn it, I'll do it. I was like, I really want to be a hero, but I'll be the villain. So they take me up on stage, like, on, on another level, so I can look down at the other players. Um, you because know, you want to you be better than them. <clears throat> right. And so he was trying to teach me the game real quick. I was like, just, just tell me everything real quick, and I'll get it down. And he you know, talks to me, he's like, 60 second countdown, and he gives me the, the down low. And right off the bat, like... I get my guys to shoot arrows full of smoke at the gate. I have another guy's like throwing bombs and I have this stealth fighter come in. I kill like three of them right off the bat. And then one comes up um, and while my troops are rushing, he kind of heals some of them. And they get past my first wave. By the time they get like not even to the end of the stage, they get maybe halfway through the level. And I just, I murder them. As soon as they come in through the third area, I just wipe them out. And the guy was really impressed. Said I was in the top two he's seen all day. Which, you know, top two. It's pretty great. I found my calling. I kicked the shit out of it, and I would totally play that game as a villain. Because it, I, I didn't think it would be fun at all. I was like, oh, it's, a, it's top down, and you just control these enemies, and they do things. Okay. Because you're, you're a disembodied force. But yeah, you're but, yeah, but you're saying, and I don't get to fight? What? But no, it is extremely fun. It was extremely, like, thrilling. And I, and I liked being this thing they couldn't actually fight against. Like, I controlled the hordes of enemies. You tell them where to go, what to attack, and what special moves to use. So, you know, I, it's kind, it was kind of like, um, like, like uh, let's say StarCraft again. Like, I had my guys in wait, and when, and when they came around a corner, like, I'd rush them. I'd bum-rush them and start throwing up gates so they could only go one way unless they bust through the gates. And it was really cool. Nice. It was, it was a lot more in-depth than I thought it would be. And it, but it's also a lot more simpler to learn how to play than I thought. Like, I literally learned it in 60 seconds. So That's awesome. Yeah. It was cool. really fun, and I do rec... Honestly, I don't know how the main game is. Um, they said you can play it 
single player, but then the there will still be four people with you at all times. Like the other three are going to be AI. So mm. it's like you're always going to have people with you, and you could choose who they are. And each character has their own quests and like story and origin. So they're, they're not just characters thrown at you. You're going to learn all about them. Cool. So. Cool. As far as I can tell, Fable Legends has just like a hub, like a main city. And then from there, you go out and do different quests. And some of them are really, really epic. You know, it could take like two hours. And some are just like side quests you can do. So, cool. But overall, the game looks really fun so far. I just, I hope it's not a letdown. <laughs> the villain aspect is not a letdown so far. Is there a, do you feel like there's rep replayability in there, in that game? Well, I asked him about that. I said, well, he said there's a lot, I mean, a lot of leveling and customizing and armor and weapons. So your guys will look different. You know, like other Fable games, you put tattoos and different armor that do different things. And he said there's a lot of levels and skills you can customize. So when I asked him about the villain, he said there definitely will be, but I can't comment on that right now. You'll just have to see. And I don't know what that means. I mean, he either knows or he doesn't. <laughs> so I don't know. This disembodied villain you play as will have some sort of experience gaining thing. Because you need a reason to play it, not just for the enjoyment of killing other people, which I guess you could. But you will also gain some sort of levels and status by being a good villain. Yep. I don't know what that is yet, though. They haven't told me, but yeah. it's interesting. I don't have an Xbox One. We, uh, <laughs> I, have to, I, I have to point that out. I don't have an Xbox yeah, One. Uh, they're, 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 there's slowly but surely more reasons to consider it. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're catching up in my eyes with, with PS4, and there's actually some games I really want to play, but I can't now because they're fucking exclusives. And like, oh, it's pissing me off. Uh, speaking of PS4, we saw Metal Gear 5, Phantom Pain. Metal Gear. We watched a uh, a very uh, lengthy like a, yeah, demonstration, like hour, thirty minutes of, of actual gameplay, not a scripted video. Yeah. Um. And the first thing what he showed us besides the cutscene was uh, the horse pooping. Yeah. That <laughs> sold me. You say yes, your horse, your horse will just poop randomly. I yeah. mean, good. I yeah. wonder what well, uh, enemies. That though. makes me wonder. Okay, my horse poops. Do I have to feed it? <laughs> just like oh man get off your horse feed it oats damn it oh it's harvest moon all of a sudden it's not all the sake or big boss harvest moon but um <laughs> but there's some things you probably already know about the game it's 200 times bigger than ground zeros which is pretty big um well hey man i, I mean i feel like we gotta kind of back up to begin with because i was watching this demo it was gorgeous there was all these abilities it seemed really cool and i was like the last game that i interacted with is metal gear 4 I feel so left out. Did you play Metal Gear 4? Man? I watched you play Metal Gear yeah. 4. And and it was uh, I don't know. They, they were they're referencing the, uh, the the PSP game that I heard was really good. Well, Peace Walker I took place I think before this one. It, like uh Peace Walker and then the previous installment of Metal Gear 5 and I'm just like I don't know what's happening anymore. I don't know how I'm not sure if I can relate to the series to anymore. To be fair, I don't know because Ground Zeroes you really need you really do need to play Ground Zeroes in order to catch up why Big Boss is so fucked up. Um, for a little bit. Well, I don't even know when it is. Big Boss is the, the genetic father of... But uh, Ocelot's in it, and he's young. Yeah. It, it, it does take and place yet, in the and, past. And the, te the technology is still kind of... It's beyond some, some of the stuff that was in Metal Gear Solid. Because yeah, they're in Soviet-occupied Afghanistan. I believe it takes place before the very first NES game, which was the Outer yeah. Haven, because he's, he was still building that base up, I think, in, in um, and, and Peace Walker. But... but it Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowlin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowlin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlinBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And yet he has a handheld device called an iDroid that protects... That's <laughs> <laughs> an iDroid and an Android. Protections. I don't know. And then and there's like... And that also was weird, yeah. Me- Metal Gear has always walked the line between like like serious tactical stuff and comedy, but then this ability they kept... They were using constantly the throughout Fol- the game. The Fulton system. Yeah, was was attaching a weather balloon to people, animals, and objects and inexplicably sending them back to your home base, which you customize and build, which is a very cool feature. It was hilarious. Uh, but... Everything you, every time you, a guy sends up, even like it's like, oh, whoa, oh I'm sorry, I'm attached to a balloon. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> they don't actually say that. But they do. They do but say. They, 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 do, they, a, they do. They do scream every time. And I'm thinking, this is a tactical espionage game. I've just sent someone up into the air. They have. <laughs> they have screamed balloon. by default. And no one fucking noticed, and it took me out of it every single no, time. No, I, I completely agree with that, and they're still using the cardboard box novelty to. I love that. Oh my god, did you see the same thing? Skirt between seriousness and, and this weird tongue in cheek. But they, okay, I, I can that. take the cardboard box because it doesn't make noise. They've done that <laughs> since the first game, though. They've always had these little funny things that are just like, okay, come on. But, but they've always but this, done that. But this time, they've actually broken the tactical. Aspect of it, it, it shatters yeah. the illusion. It's just a way to collect the objects weird, and explain the, it. But there's the, no other way. The weird thing to me about Metal Gear is that, and, and <laughs> keeping in mind that I haven't played one since Metal Gear Solid One, okay, is that with the weird sort of like technology timeline thing that I can't figure out, and the very complex relationships between everyone, this series doesn't seem to want to attract new fans. Mm. Like I thought, the game looks awesome. But, it's but like I feel service. I feel so lost by the story. Like I couldn't even, and I, I tried like uh, afterward catching up a little bit on. Just read on the wiki, wiki. and I, I was I was fucking lost. I was lost. It's the and most it's complicated like, wiki. Like I feel like I, while I could play the game and enjoy the hell out of the gameplay because it looks like they've done some really cool things in this game, I feel like the story would be completely lost on me, like completely. That there's no chance for me to catch up unless I wanted to start over. Sure. And play. You could just play it and be like, just just go through the story and see what happens. You know? Or you could play <laughs> Witcher and get involved in the story. In or, yeah, or, or yeah, yeah it's I mean, just it looks really cool. Um, looks, so well, but, let me let me put something into perspective about that Fulton system. It's like basically he tranquilized some people. He sent them up in the air. He tranquilized a goat for fun. Sent them up in the air. He did it to a jeep, and you're like a jeep. And then, you know, he went to his base, um, which this is one of my favorite parts, though, is he went to, you have a home base, which is like these, these massive rigs you built out like in the ocean somewhere. And all those things you've sent up after a certain time has passed will be there. So like you see the goat on your rig walking around and those guys, have jo- you've made them somehow join your army. And you have that. Yeah, that, that was yeah. weird, too. Yeah, but that's, like, yeah, that's how it was in the other game. Although that weird. was really cool because what and you did was. And that jeep was there now. 
as when you co- when you co- collected, yeah. uh, when you collected a uh, one of the um, opposing enemy forces and sent them up in the weather balloon, um, they then became part of your army, which you could then assign to certain aspects of research and development oh God, for your yeah. team. Your so base, like yeah. you could use it for intelligence reporting, you could use it for um, de- uh, military strikes. Like there were certain things that you could put each person that you collected. Um, and sent back to the base, you could put them into certain categories uh, to work in, yeah. I guess. Like, certain a- certain areas to work in, and that would they, help you out in the they're, game. They're definitely doing a great job adding to the stealth action game in an By open world. By having a base it, it, building, it, But also, like, yeah, in, in an open world in which it becomes more difficult. I mean, certainly, like, in Arkham Asylum, I always felt like a badass, because it was almost like you approach a, a stealth portion as, like, a, a level... It was this contained area. And then Arkham City, sometimes I just felt like an idiot. Because it's just much more <laughs> difficult in, in an open world environment. And this game adds elements to make it not easier, but just unique new things. Like, like re, you know, the recon from afar. And I got to imagine with the, the army you're building, that later on you could probably call in your army to do strikes themselves. Yeah. I would not be shocked if you could, a diversion tactic, have them attack one part of the base and you sneak into the back. It's yeah. It looks really cool. And, and yeah. they said everyone's base would be different because you can customize it and have right. shooting ranges and training things. And the thing I loved about it is that your base was really interactive. You built several layers and, like, if your guys are training, you can walk down there and, like, oversee it personally and they'll get better at their, like, job if you help them so with it. That's why I feel like they're, they're almost, like, humanizing the soldiers you capture. Because you're the boss, And yeah. I, I feel like you can, like, utilize them in the field. It would yeah. be, it, I, I think they're going to do some really cool things with that. Yeah, it was one of the most interesting things that... One of the most interesting things that I felt was when he approached the area that he was looking to get the intelligence on, he would scan the whole... Uh, he would scan the base with his binoculars... And then mark the enemies in a certain way so that they they would stay up on the heads up display. Where was this technology in like Metal Gear like every other day? <laughs> I don't know, but they but they would constantly stay marked. And then you could also uh, put waypoints way points as to where you needed to go or where um, from since they were on a higher elevation, you could see like this would be a great place to hide. This is a great place to hide. And then Move he, from yeah. here to here to here. And then he used intelligence from his base to mark areas that may have enemies he hasn't seen yet. There was literally 20 things marked before he went into this base and slaughtered everyone. Yeah, it's true. And then he called in the cardboard box that dropped in and then, you know. He did that for a minute, but there was cool moves. You could jump out of the side now so no one could see you. Yeah, he had an e-cigarette. Oh, yeah. Awesome. You, no, 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 an e-cigar. How e-cigar. Do you, how do you feel e- e-cigar it? in Soviet Afghanistan. It did not release vapor, but actually a holographic projection of smoke <laughs> okay, that, that's, that glitched out occasionally. That's one of those things where it's just they added a wacky, funny thing. Because if you remember the loading no, screen from Metal Gear I know, 4, I know, I know. it was just him smoking. Yes. That was it for like 20 minutes. Yeah, I mean, and it's and, funny. And that, and they, the reason for that is that they can use that to pass the time. He, so you can change day and He smokes and then he changes it. He can... You can watch the map to, if you have marked the enemies, you can then, and you go into this mode where time is passing, you can watch that that map and see where the enemies go, what their routes are. But how cool is that? And then also the fact that they the enemies also go to sleep. They have shifts. Yeah. Like, it's not just And the, weather, the weather changes exactly. constantly. Yeah, the guards aren't just constantly moving back and forth between an, an, a pre-established route. There is a like an economy, and there's like a there's a social aspect of the guards inside the base yeah. 
that they just are, in the that, base, it, that, regardless of what else is going on. Right, in the world. exactly. Then they there's there's some sort of ecosystem inside the base that they are they they sleep and then they go and take this job. They they uh, tag somebody out and then move and then that guy takes a well, the, take a break and the, it's it's an, it's really interesting. Besides that though, the thing I did like about that whole e cigar thing passing the time is in every in all, every other game where you have a gimmick to pass the time. Um, even if they show things moving, like the sun really fast, you can't look around and do things while it's happening. Right. And this, he was standing there, and they were, like, moving the camera and watching all the blades of grass move, and the sun and the shadows constantly moving. And you could see all the soldiers moving around. You could look at your GPS map and watch everything change yeah. while while the time was speeding by. Yep. I'm just like, can you just keep that on for, like, no, ever? No, it's going to be an incredible... It's it's an incredible game with a lot of really new ideas. Yeah. What, what, so the first part of Metal Gear Solid V came out how long ago? Recently. Recently. Like, like a couple months? The, I mean, if even? the amount of stuff in this one just seems like a lot more than the, the previous one. Like, the previous was just, like, a, like just scratch the Well, this surface. is the first one that's open world. Well, the Ground Zero one it, was it, a prequel. It's tiny. It's a but, small game. But it, it was an open world small game. Wasn't yeah, it? but it was small. It's just interesting how much more made it into this. They said this one was two hundred times bigger than that. Yeah, two hundred so, times. It made, like, it makes it like was it was it always meant to be? Uh, like, yeah, they were yeah. going to release a small portion to uh, no. these people. No, uh, I, I, my understanding of it is that they they wanted to, it was going to be one game, and they said, "Oh, we want to tell the story. We, we don't want space. to not tell the story." Uh, let's finish this larger aspect of the game and have basically a prelude. Gotcha. Interesting. So it's it's like chapter one. So it's like it's like yeah, it's like the boat before you get to the island, you know, mm-hmm. like Metal Gear Solid. And right man, I, I don't know. I I think it's 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 really neat. There's lots of cool concepts, but I also feel like there's maybe too many concepts, too many weird conflicting concepts. Yeah, but that prosthetic weird. arm. You can knock it anywhere. Cool. It just his I, hand spins around and makes a knocking noise, so you can do it anywhere there, now. There's so there's many cool aspects of it. It's just there's just so many different things happening at once. <clears throat> I'm wondering. I mean, obviously, it'll still be a good game. Kojima doesn't make bad games, but uh, it's it was just it was very odd, very very odd. How, the different aspects of it all working together. It didn't necessarily feel harmonious. If yeah. that means anything. Well, yeah, and that's how I feel about the story versus the gameplay. Is is the story is so alienating to those who don't know it going in that it doesn't sync up with like all the like yeah it's almost like it, it if it wasn't metal gear solid and they just had those features it would be a more harmonious thing that i'd want to jump into but because it, it has all these metal gearish things including the story I, i'm not going to and, and it's, I, it's weird i really respect kojima i think he's one of the, mm-hmm. the best military uh fiction authors of this generation but uh, I, I having fallen like just like a, a handful of games behind. I just I don't I don't know. Anyway, we should move on to something else. Uh, well, we found we found some hidden gems. Yes, while walking around, um, and not just the diamonds in Soviet Afghanistan. Yeah, we, that, that is just oh lying God. there in the dirt. Right? Yeah, Snake Snake also just found diamonds under a tree. And was like, you can collect these. You can collect, and they're like massive. Like they're the biggest. Like you get a million dollars for these diamonds. Anyway, um, we found a game called uh, Apotheon. If I'm pronouncing it right, not a Pantheon, but Apotheon. Yeah. Which, what you played at these like were they Greek or Romans? Uh, Man, it, I don't know. It was it was Greek. It was, I, I believe it was it was Greek. It was the it was the stylized as though it were a Grecian urn. Um, basically, you're you're playing ancient Grecian uh, art, two dimensional art figurines, side scrolling, perfectly matches the style of the pottery and 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 murals and and mosaics of the time. Really, really. 
spectacular. They were only showing off the uh, the multiplayer. multiplayer. Currently, yeah. they do have a single player, it, player campaign. It wasn't though. ready. It's something to do about the gods and stealing their powers, which sounds great. It's one of the many indie games that are coming to PlayStation because Sony has been really supportive of the indie market. What else did we find? Oh man, Earth Earth Knight. Yeah, that thing that was hard to read because of that font. But man, that game looked amazing. It's made by uh, that one I know, Cleaversoft. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's this completely one hundred percent hand painted game. It, it's taken them two and a half years just. For the guy who does all of the artwork himself, and they're not done yet. They said maybe sometime next year. Um, beautiful game. I'm not really sure how to like describe it. It comes out for um, I think PS4 first, if I'm correct, and then it comes out for everything else well, later. Just describe what happens. What What do you do in the game, dude? I don't know. I was an old man falling out of like a satellite towards the Earth, all hand painted, all fluid animations. You land on a dragon. And then basically... A Chinese-style dragon. Yeah, Chinese-style dragon. There's really only, like, two moves, which is, like, jump and land. And you're dodging these horrible monsters while trying to collect power-ups and swords and speed. And you get to the end of the dragon's head when you, if you make it there and you stab him. And, like, each world has, like, a dozen dragons. You, did you see how many dragons were in it? And, so many dragons! And <laughs> you can just go and fall and dodge and go to the next world. And the next world has so many dragons. There's eight worlds. Uh, there's a hidden ninth one, they said. And literally, there's like hundreds of dragons, hundreds of levels. It looked like, yeah. Um, and like it was every layer, every level is like you're getting closer and closer this, to the earth. This sounds really hard to explain in this podcast. It really we, is. We are doing a video. We, we yes, we're doing a video with them. So you'll see this. You'll it'll kind of hopefully make a little bit more sense. It, it'll make more sense than what I'm trying to say. But there's kind of there's a there's an element of. Um, Tiny wings, and that you, on, when you were on the dragon, I don't know. Tiny it was wings. it was a it was it was a con- constantly moving, undulating dragon that was creating these hills and peaks and valleys that you could use to when you jumped up, you could land and using the force of the landing to um, then push yourself back up based on where you were. On that hill, peak, or valley. So you're using gravity to hop back up into the air or land harder, depending on where you were on the slide, oh, on the on the downward slope of the of the dragon. And I um I, I literally skipped the first level and like after the first dragon and hovered down to the second and I got my ass whooped. <laughs> literally like in a in a minute. And that was only the second world out of like eight. So. But yeah, no check out check out uh, check out the video. It, it'll best describe what. Uh, Earth Light. No, Earth Night. Earth Night. Earth Night. Yeah, check out Earth Night for yourself. Um, and you'll see some pretty amazing shit in that game. Um, we have breaking news. Uh, yeah, yeah, we do have breaking news via via Twitter. Uh, Matt, you want to break this news for us? Yeah, uh, Pac Man will be joining the Smash Brothers roster. What? Yeah. Is that Nintendo, good or Nintendo bad? America apparently. Like, Isn't that Capcom? Uh, it's Namco. Namco. Yeah, apparently they announced that at an unstreamed developer roundtable tonight. And then there's also rumors that Game & Watch is returning, but that hasn't been confirmed what yet. What the fuck? Wait, where, okay, where's Ness, first of all? But then also, Pac-Man... Now, <laughs> Wait, what are the responses? It said, Nintendo uh, America, fuck off. Well, if I, the top comment on Twitter was, fuck off. In all caps. At Nintendo America, fuck off. So they're not releasing... They didn't release that to the public. They didn't do it to, like, the media. They did it to a small table. I don't, under, I don't I fucking understand. Like, what What are they doing? They're, I told they're you they're sp- killing they're themselves. They're spreading out information across a wide scope of it's it's like and not a single person has all the info so nobody really knows collecting all the information Nintendo's releasing is a full-time job 
Like God. And oh, uh, they also announced they also Pac-Man. inexplicably as oh. well announced Palutena as a playable character. Uh, uh, the, the she goddess. seems cool as hell. The, yeah, she she seems cool. The, the goddess from um, from Kid Icarus. And also they showed Dark. Mies are banned from online play. What? Uh, no blowjobula and online. Wait, wait, wait. No. But that they were stressing the whole importance of now you can play your me. Yeah, but that's but locally. Locally. Oh, who the fuck? The whole point of that game is to play online if you're at home by yourself. I, I mean, especially if they take out like my a best Smash player. Brothers memories are all with friends on a couch. Okay, you know why they did that? You know why they banned Mies? because because you of do... blowjobula. Yeah, specifically, <laughs> like, they did it. It's your fault. Yeah, I, so... I didn't even. We didn't even design blowjobula. No, we got it from Mies. <laughs> and and it's it's so stupid that they're so fucking scared of people being offended. Of having like a penis on someone's face, which really doesn't look that much like a penis unless you squint. It actually does. Um, but like, oh, they banned everyone from using their customized like Wii's that you could make just because they were scared of someone getting offended. That's it. That's it. They're fucking bullshit. That you know, fuck, fuck Nintendo. I, 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 I don't know. I think that that's a that's a valid move. Thing. No, it isn't. Because, no one because, else does that. Because if you put an age rating on a game, it needs to stay that way. Did they you put know, an age you know rating? What? Cap is the Nintendo apologist. I don't want to be, but I feel like that's a reasonable thing to say. I it's mean, not I, reasonable to ban I, all these because they if, think someone's going to be offended. If you think I'm blowing them too hard, I don't know, leave a comment or whatever, but I, I, <laughs> I think I'm being fair. I mean, okay, Disney's letting you create worlds and... Um, and, and, they're, and, and they're censoring the penises because you submit worlds to them yes. and then they authorize But them. they're not going to ban everyone from making worlds. Because they have a uh, system you're, of you're telling it. Nintendo that in order that in order for this <laughs> to keep fair, they should have a me approval process. Yes, like, like you upload your me, they look oh it's okay, and then that one you can that one's now saved that you can use whenever you want online. It's linked to your name anyway. Well, aside cares? aside from creating more American jobs, I don't really that seems like a really <laughs> unnecessary step that I cannot. Well, that's with. that's not that's not actually a Nintendo of America decision. It's the company worldwide decision. Well, is it the, not? Who the fuck knows? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, you know what? I don't fucking know. All right, well, let's move on to something more exciting. Telltale Games. Yeah, Telltale. Woo! Uh, we saw Tales from the Borderlands. Uh, we watched the first half hour of the first campaign. It was some stuff that was similar from Wolf Among Us and uh, Walking Dead, and it was some stuff that was kind of different, and a lot of it was from Borderlands. Done. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you're familiar with Borderlands, um, it has really wacky, crazy like fight scenes and chaos and blood and gore and, in like a comedic way, and this, yeah. this has everything that embodies Borderlands um, with... Actually, I think a more intense story than Borderlands has ever had. Now we only saw the first I thirty minutes. That's the point. Exactly. Well, <laughs> exactly. And and like people love that game. People like the lore of it, and there's so much detail. And, and they even discuss this. Like the world's the world's massive. And it has a history of their own that they can make so much. Like they could make so many stories out of it. Um, and so like we watched the first thirty minutes, and I thought it was hilarious and funny. And some of the decisions were really great that you could make. Now, how did you guys? What did you guys feel about from that first demo that we saw? Some um, of it was really good. Some of it was like man, but they they did say it was a work in progress. Well, yeah, but the story is pretty much set in stone. I mean, like what you saw in terms of the textures and all that kind of stuff is relatively changeable. But in terms of what you saw, that story wise, I loved story-wise it. Story wise, and the, and what was performed and all that kind of stuff. How did you feel about when you were watching? Uh, there were there were sort of there were two parts to it. Um, there. There were sort of a uh, well, actually, there's three parts. I don't know. It's weird. It starts <laughs> off, and you're like let's say present day and then you get in a situation where 
the, this character needs to tell his story. Here's how things went down when I did that thing a year ago. And uh, they, they said that it's kind of like about, it's a, story, it's a story game about storytelling. So your version of the events, even though you're playing through them, won't necessarily be true. And they actually know the version that's accurate, which will come, which will factor in in later chapters. So you're actually going to um, see probably three different stories of the same thing yeah, at some point. Yeah, and, and, uh, and it started, honestly, it started kind of slow. And I thought the comedic timing was a bit off. Yeah. But... At the second act, when your characters get involved in this action scenario where you deploy a big ass robot against bandits, against bandits, choose what, what what like what features it has. From there on, the comedy was sharper, the action was sharper, everything was just better. From the, that the point interactive on. combat was was really I thought neat. Um, basically, how like targeting enemies and stuff. And I I don't know if it's set in stone. Like what you can do. like a normal person, not like a Borderlands hero, you stumble into the action and you just kind of like haplessly get out of these dangerous scenarios. Well, I guess we should say the main the main character, well one of the two main characters is this du- is literally this suited douchebag from Hyperion who wants to take over and like he doesn't know anything about fighting oh, oh, yeah. or and, anything about the planet. Uh Borderlands fans this is super important because this game takes place immediately after Borderlands 2. You know if, if you want the next part of the story th- this could this could be it, you know, this could affect it. We don't know. It's uh, as they mentioned it's not the dark you know, uh, drama that the Wolf Among Us and, and Walking Dead have been. So it was a little jarring to see, you know, Telltale's take on this because they've done a few tongue-in-cheek humorous things before in those past two games, but we haven't seen them go all out as far as, like, you know, action comedy. It's cool that it was aware that it's a Borderlands game and has many interfaces. Actually, the comedy was very in, um, Borderlands-ish. In, uh, their games in the style of the Walking Dead games because they yeah. have had funny games. Yeah, sure, games. that is absolutely true. Um... It feels that it's aware of itself as a Telltale game, too. I know it's like, specifically the line, there was, Greaseface will remember that. Yeah. It was just very, <laughs> like, upfront about, like, the dude that you just insulted as having a greasy face, which was an option of, you know, one of the dialogue options that uh, the... the yeah, there's no reason you would have had to have known him as that unless you insulted him. And that they very, actually exactly. they actually labeled him as Grease and, Face and, later when it came up. And then like, and he gives this dirty look, like, yeah, I'm gonna fucking remember that you called me Grease Face. <laughs> and it's, just, it's just it's very aware that and, the, and he does of the of the choice aspect. And I I do think the choices are gonna be more like in some weird ways more important and more dramatic than the uh, more recent dramatic Telltale games because. Of the nature of it, of that it's a story about storytelling, you know, it looks like things can wild, wildly go different depending on the uh, how you want to tell the tale. Right, because at the very end, when they switch to the other main character of the story, she di- she actually didn't she didn't just say you know her version of, of a similar event. She had she picked one of four options for what literally happened next in the story. All of them seemingly wildly different. So you play this other character as yeah. well. So you play both of these characters who have conflicting stories about events, and you're telling them literally what the event is going to be. Which hasn't happened in Walking Dead. And, and I don't know what it leads months. to, and they said it's going to be five episodes long, um, at least for right now. I don't know if they'll make you know a, a second season or whatever, which would be great if it, if it does well. Um, it does. Um, it's not on next gen yet. So, whatever. But they said it's coming to Vita, PC, Max, Steam, PS3, and 360. The whole shebang, do you, do you think, except for the new ones. Do you think next year we'll be able to just say current gen for for the systems that everyone's buying? And current yeah. gen and past gen? Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. Although, next, next year we'll give another year. They did say that there's plans to bring it to Oh, yeah, PS4. no, they said it's coming, but they don't have a, a definitive date yet. But they right. know they told us all the ones it is definitely yeah. coming out. Personally, for this one, I will wait 
on this but one. It was so funny to see how you guys feel about it. I, I I'm like walking, Telltale, like, like I, no, I love Telltale. Like I would totally, I would totally buy it. However, I'm not a huge Borderlands fan. Well, that's the thing is, I like Borderlands, but I wasn't a huge fan. And of so I want to, I want to wait to see how that all turn out. However, like Walking Among Us, I was immediately like, yep, uh, Walking Dead. I was like, yep, yeah, let's but, do but it. I, I knew nothing. But, I knew nothing about Fables and, and Wolf Among Us, and and I don't I regret the decision to do that. I mean, obviously, no, no. I mean, any. I'm I'm so anti pre-ordering and everything else now, especially in this industry where we tend to vote more often than we should with our dollar on yeah. games that don't deserve our money. But like, you know, so it's probably a good idea to wait to find out if this game gets well received. But I'm from what I saw, I do think it's going to end up being a well received game. I mean, if, I the might buy it, if the rest of the game is like that first thirty minutes, then I'm sold on it. Well, and yeah. that, and that, and actually, for me, if the rest of the game turns out to be like that first thirty minutes, I would not buy it. What? Which what? is interesting because no, because the That's beginning. That's not interesting. To me, it was not. To me, it was not until it got to the combat. It was not interesting to me. I wasn't interested in the characters. For me, Wolf Among Us, I was immediately interested in Big B. I was immediately interested in what Lee's problem was. Like, in the beginning of this, uh, and both of those games also had a very interesting and exciting, inciting incident at the very beginning of the game. Here's the difference. Whereas this one did not have anything. It started with a... It was was an extremely slow start. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Actually, I I agree with you that. Here's here's why, though. Like, uh, The Walking Dead was a standalone story. It started right at the beginning. Right. Um, The Wolf Among Us, was, was it a standalone story, or did it... Yeah, yeah, and it started right at the beginning. But the Tales from Borderland, Borderlands. If you if you play the second game and finish it, this starts right after the second game, so you'll know what's going on. Sure. Um, so you, when you see this, you'll be like, "Oh my god, I'm in I period." Which oh my god, makes it this. less penetrable for Colin and I, who have not exactly. Played Borderlands. So I, I see what you're saying, but like if I play Borderlands two, I'm immediately like grabbed oh, no, at the I, beginning. I, I think there's also key elements that we don't know about with this game yet, such as there's there is a loot system. You know, they're not dropping the Borderlands loot aspect. There's you know specifically you are racking up cash during the game, for which is something that has for, not happened. Yeah, the they, they have not. Yeah, they haven't gone over Commerce, it. They haven't none hinted of it. it yet, <laughs> maybe, so. maybe you buy guns and actually like get better. I mean, I mean that's a huge part of Borderlands is the weapons and, and customization. Yeah, you know, maybe you start customizing your your person. I don't know. It's it'll it, it'll be interesting to see how you utilize that, or simply maybe if you don't loot enough. You won't be able to buy items that end up impacting the story. So right. your story will diverge simply by not being able to afford money, it, yeah. which is a new way of storytelling. Yeah. Also, the mm-hmm. gameplay, it, like that aspect of it, is very appealing. It's just there's there's no there's no hook for me yet aside from that. Well, I guess the other thing too is is the max these games are have ever been uh, have ever been price marked is twenty five dollars. I think $25 for the 14 hours of entertainment is like, it's, no, sure. it's difficult to even just like, even if this one ends up being, probably will not be as good as the two seasons of Walking Dead or Wolf Among Us. However, I do think that even at that price point, it's good. But also, these these are always on sale. Uh, yeah, I mean, mean considering, constantly considering the fact that we're paying, like, well, I'm not, but considering the fact most people are paying $60 for things that are not even finished. Like, or, or, or eight hours long. Or that eight just hours came long, out. or broken, or whatever it is, and yet this thing Titanfall. Is, is, you know, $25 or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. It's usually... Easy. I see your point. Yeah, it's usually easy to get the first episode for free, because there's always those sales. And yeah. then, like, I've seen ones where all the other episodes are $250 a piece. If you can get the entire five episodes for $10, it's hard to argue. And it, they always have bundles where, like, buy all of them right now on sale yeah. in one package yeah. for, like, yeah. 30 bucks. Yeah. 
And I want to so I so maybe I will just just because I want to support Telltale because I really believe in what they're doing and I think that what they're doing is incredible gaming that people don't do uh, as well as they do. Interactive storytelling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and that's the is like I'm all on board for them making that a viable thing for even other companies to pick up. But you know if if Tales from the Borderlands doesn't. Do, like once again, shouldn't put the onus on us as as a consumer. But if Tales from the Borderlands is well received, but people don't purchase it because they're afraid to jump into a different type of story or different type, you know, whatever, they may not look into other weird IPs that might have they, stories. They might want to play it safe and go, well, let's go with the ones we know work. Like and you know, just, you know, just Game of Thrones or or just Walking Dead, and it's like, no, 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 like I mean, obviously, I knew nothing about Fables. Now I want to know everything about Fables. You know, if the Borderlands game <laughs> so, ends yeah, up So, yeah, if you play really Borderlands and, and then you're like, wow, this is really... It ends up being really amazing. You like it. You're like, well, now maybe I want to try out the games, you know? Yeah. So it's that way. Mm-hmm. So, um... So the, the last but not last but not least... Yeah, we head over to... Uh, across the street to uh, the Hooters parking lot where Devolver, the game distributor, had set up a bunch of uh, uh, trailers... And uh, each of them had these great games that they're uh, they're distributing. Uh, many of which are going to make a, a splash on PlayStation Four, who are uh, supporting Woo! all of them. Um, <laughs> and uh, I love how you make no qualms, like no qualms that you are a Sony fanboy. Whatever, I, I have it, and I, I like everything I've bought for it. <laughs> they're the only ones who have announced software, hardware, and uh, games all at the same time. So, uh, so we didn't have a chance to check out. Everything they had there, we did check out one thing this evening. We hope to check out more because they also have Hotline Miami 2, which I'm very excited about. Um, we checked out Broforce. Oh, man. And we, we have an interview. The most the most American thing to come out of South Africa. We have an interview and some gameplay footage. But essentially, well, what you'll take for this is, is, is we asked, why did you make Broforce? And they said, because freedom. It's true. I don't know if you heard that. Brandon did punctuate that statement with a fart. (laughs) They couldn't hear that. Thank you for mentioning. I've got the headphones on. I'm pretty sure it was audible. So so Broforce has been out already. It's been out for PC. It's coming to... um, And and, and if you're not planning on buying this on PS4, you should buy it right now. It it is... I I want to buy it right now. Imagine Terraria injected with the adrenaline sampled from every 1980s action star... Ever. I mean, talking about, like, all the raw testosterone and pumping biceps of Chuck Norris, Arnold Schwarzenegger, everybody, even all the way Robocop. To, 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 like, K for Men in Black and Indiana Jones, have a, have a pixelated bro representation in this game. These are not Each the with characters. unique features. Yeah. Yeah. Loosely based. It yeah. was the Indiana Brones. Yeah, Indiana, Indiana Brones. Brones. Which, which I have to mention, every character has a unique, like, they have a unique set of, like, regular attack, knife, or whatever, special attack. So Indiana Jones uses whip, and he can whip onto objects, which no other character can do. And his special attack was he just fires one shot. That's it. His <laughs> special bullet. attack, and it's, like, really devastating. It's all, like, it just it goes through people. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's a very highly stylized game. Yeah. I don't really know what to call it. Bronan like, the Brobarian. Bronan the Brobarian. Oh, man, that was such it's, a good character. It's kind of, there's, like, a little bit of Contra in it. Like, yeah. Like, there's just, like, bullets everywhere. Explosions, grenades, but turkeys then, with bombs But in then them. You're, you, your pixelated action heroes are... Like decimating the landscape, burrowing through uh, like mountains and uh, Rambro <laughs> saving hostages. Now we were playing as four players, so it was Chaotic. mayhem. We were dying. 
all over the place. And it has a co-op online or, you know, in, in your room, in the room. That's on right. Your couch. And the, and the, but it was uh, uh, the reason why people were dying so often is because there was so much insanity happening on the I screen. I didn't know what was an enemy or not. You had no not. idea what yeah. was like. It was like, oh, I'm stepping on a mine. Oh fuck! And then yeah, but, <laughs> people but it was were also constantly like, dying. It didn't deter me. I, it was so fun. I didn't want to stop playing. Honestly. Yeah, it was it was hard to stop. It was it was just it was fast. It was fun. It's super cool. Uh, I mean, it's 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 hilarious. If you if you ever listen to the Blood Brothers mixtapes, if uh, if you like watching cheesy 80s movies, if you think The Expendables is at least a good idea. <laughs> I'm not saying good you know film, what? but at you least know a what? good Wait, idea. That, that is a perfect description. It is The Expendables... Times a million. Times a million video game. Yeah. That, that's literally it. It's an Expendables video game. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Broforce, Broforce looked and played... Um, it was so fun. And the, and the developers were really cool. Yeah. So, which you should watch uh, the video and so some of the gameplay footage. High that. fives that almost broke our hands. Yeah. And I hope I broke their hands for for freedom. <laughs> so that, that, that's, that concludes everything yeah. we've seen in one day. That's day one. Oh, man, day two. Uh, we Stay stay tuned, everyone. Um, we're just going to go home. There's nothing left. <laughs> we're just kidding. We're kidding. There's a lot. No, there's, there's a lot of stuff on so our list. More. Um, we're meeting with uh, all but, sorts of. We're meeting with people tomorrow. Yeah, Bethesda, Namco, Bandai, and uh, Dreams, a bunch of people. Uh, we're gonna check out the uh, Alien, alien game. Isolation. Yeah, uh, and pos- if we can get into it, Oculus is doing an Alien Isolation thing with their headset. Yeah, we'll we're, we're hoping to sample some VR. See if see if that's a, a fad or if it's like the future of gaming. You know, we, that's that's a that's a big question. It's never been the future of gaming. <laughs> well, VR boy. You mean Virtual Boy? I, it's VR Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, man. Um, <laughs> VR Boy. So, hey, Nerdy Show's listeners supported. If you enjoyed this E3 coverage, please throw some coin our way. Even a dollar will will say, hey, not only are you cool enough sending sending us a dollar, that's awesome. We'll shout, we'll give you a shout out. We'll actually send you uh, years worth of bonus content, deleted scenes, outtakes, all kinds of stuff, art. Sound everything. The whole the whole works. Just a dollar. If you like what we do, if you enjoyed listening to this, please support the the show, the network. Um, we're a whole network of podcasts. And uh, this month we've got the Dungeons and Doritos support drive. That means if you contribute to us any dollar amount, you get to the opportunity to support or create your own campaign for us to play in our tabletop role playing show, Dungeons and Doritos. Uh, our fates are in your hands. And uh, there's some amazing stretch goals. Of course, we need $300 minimum every month to keep the network running. Uh, but uh, if we hit 600, we're going to release a script-to-page breakdown of uh, early scenes from our second issue of our D&D comic. Uh, 815 minutes of State of the Empire outtakes where we look for news in Alderaan places. And uh, 1,000, a digital copy of our eight-page preview from that issue two of D&D. And finally, the coup de grace. $1,200, we will record an out-of-continuity what-if D&D episode in the style of all the great Marvel what-ifs, where the community will help us decide on some kind of random-ass weird story to tell, uh, set in the world of Doritodonia with our beloved characters, doing stuff that uh, is not right and unwholesome. Yeah, I mean, so in theory, you could get two episodes uh, commissioned for D&D this month. Yeah, However, in one blow. In one yes. blow. However... That being said, the previous commission D&D uh, support drive ended up being... It's going to be cut into two episodes. So you might even get three episodes commissioned from just one month of support. Have fun with that. So, hey, what are you going to do? 
Hey, Colin, are we getting a D&D this month? I hope so. If, I, if, <laughs> if E3 doesn't kill me, you will get a D&D this month. Uh, we got to give a shout-out to Mauron, who contributed, and he Mauron! said... He said, hoping this is a 3D month, Dungeons, Doritos, and Derp. Woo! He's my number one son. Every oh. month is a 3D month. Number one son. Well, every other month is a 3D month. Because no. Dungeons, Doritos, I Dungeons live in the third month. dimension. Every second's a 3D. Well... <laughs> anyway, so as, as, Colin, second as Colin said, the, the plan is to uh, to cap off this Dungeons and Doritos support drive month with a new episode of Dungeons and Doritos. That's the plan. Yep, that's the plan. Uh, and then we'll be following that up shortly with uh, Call of Cthulhu, the first episode of that miniseries. Yes, it, it, we were going to release it last month. I know that you guys we, we talked about having something every other every month. You were going to have some sort of role playing podcast. However. The reason that we don't have Call of Cthulhu last month is that it is so cool, and we're doing something that is so cool, we could not rush it to make it release last month. Yeah, we really didn't want to. The, the, the score that's being composed for this and the other stuff that we're doing is is great. So uh, stay tuned for all that, and uh, thanks, for, so, thanks so much for listening. If you have something you want us to check out at E3, we surely will. We know Max Acrease, uh wants us to find out about Sunset Overdrive. We do too. That is on our to-do list. So if you've got something you want us to check out, Post this episode's comments. Hit us up on the forums. If you disagree with something we've said, let us know. Uh, it's just, all... just don't be dicks about it. We understand <laughs> it's our opinion, and you need to understand that. <laughs> <laughs> this is an open discussion, guys. This is an open discussion. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Bye, I'm Cap. Bye, I'm Brandon. Bye, I'm Colin. Bye, I'm Matt. See you tomorrow. Let's get some sleep. Oh, boy. Not really. Because we're going to be awake editing videos. Yay, videos. Oh, hey, you made it to the end of the episode. Well, I've got some sexy secret things to tell you. Uh, not really too secret. I do say them at the end of every episode. But if you liked what you heard, it is imperative that you follow my every word. First, I want to thank you for listening to Nerdy Show. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows in the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend, rating and reviewing us on iTunes, shopping at nerdyshow.com store, or, most importantly, by directly donating to the network. Any size contribution gets you exclusive nerdy show outtakes, dramatic readings, images, and other crazy stuff and lets you participate in our monthly support drives. Just go to nerdyshow.com support to chip in. But if you really want to level up, find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other nerdy show programming. Just visit nerdyshow.com sponsorships. For more episodes of Nerdy Show, as well as other fine programs, community forums, videos, articles, and more, head over to nerdyshow.com. You can subscribe to all Nerdy Show podcasts via the iTunes store, and for the latest news, follow us on all your favorite social networks. So to recap, tell a friend, donate to the show, and connect with the entire Nerdy Show network crew online. We're glad to be your home for authentic nerdy entertainment. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.